1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for August 7th, 2017. On today's show, we'll be talking about a bunch of news, including a Karate Kid TV series sequel, the tone of DC's Shazam, the future of the Dark Tower, Aladdin casting, Tina Fey in great news, and in the mailbag, we'll be speculating about the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is Peter Soretta, and on today's show, I have with me... Ben Pearson.
2: And Brad Oman, a.k.a. Ethan Anderson.
1: Uh, let's jump into the news, guys. Uh, first off, DC Shazam movie is developing quickly. Uh, we, we're now le- learning about the, the tone of the film. You wrote the article for slashfilm.com, Ben. Tell us about it.
0: Yes, David F. Sandberg, the director of Shazam, uh, gave an interview to the Toronto Sun in which he described the movie like this. He said, the biggest attraction for me with that character is the fact that every kid dreams of being Superman, right? I mean, I certainly did. And Billy Batson is a kid that gets that chance gets to become the superhero so it'll be big with powers in a way in terms of what people can expect i think this will be one of the more fun or light-hearted movies so far in the dc universe it certainly will be a departure so uh this is clearly um sandberg taking advice from jeff johns and john berg the uh, sort of head honchos of dc films they've after Wonder Woman did so well, and Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman did not do so well, they uh, instituted this new policy of embracing the optimistic, sort of hopeful, um, uh, you know, vibe of the comics. And that is what uh, it sounds like the Shazam movie is going to be doing. Um, I think it's sort of interesting that we'll be seeing it from the point of view of a young kid, because a lot of the DC movies so far have been you know pretty dark pretty uh grim and gritty and seeing the idea of of getting superpowers as a child is like one of the most joyous things that you can think of as a kid so uh if sandberg is able to translate that sort of mentality to the movie i think this definitely has the opportunity to be one of the most fun films in the dcu uh dceu so far i mean it's not exactly a high bar to have to leap for that
1: <laughs> yeah uh big with superpowers is a good pitch and it, it definitely it seems what you said to be gelling with the direction that they're going in and uh even you know flash is a little bit more of a youthful take on a youthful and optimistic take on mm-hmm. the uh the dc superheroes uh moving on uh a film that i loved as a child and i know you guys probably did too is the karate kid uh we've just learned that they are making a sequel but it's a television series but it isn't a television series because it's going to be on the internet uh <laughs> brad what, what do we know about this
2: yeah, so this was just announced today. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening in the TV world because of all the Television Critics Association panels are happening around Hollywood where all the various uh, cable broadcast and now streaming services offer up what new projects they're working on and new details about the shows that are coming this fall and in, in even in the mid-season. And YouTube Red, which is the subscription service that you can um, get a hold of at YouTube, announced that they are creating this Karate Kid TV series that is a sequel to the film franchise that starred Ralph Macchio as the title character. Um, And so this will actually star Ralph Macchio, who played Daniel LaRusso in the first uh, three movies, and it will also star William Zabka, who played Johnny Lawrence, who was the bully uh, that Daniel LaRusso fought in the first movie and also appeared in the second movie. They will be playing the same roles uh, just 30 years later, And the setup is that apparently uh, William's um, Johnny Lawrence is apparently isn't in a very good place in his life. And so as like kind of like one last shot at like kind of getting his life together, he decides to reopen the Cobra Kai dojo. And there's no real explanation as to why this has an impact on Daniel LaRusso's wife or life, except that he is also in a weird spot in his own life. And it it somehow uh, reignites the rivalry that's between them what I'm assuming is that maybe that they have kids and their kids are involved in karate and maybe they, there's a conflict that comes there. I think that's the, yeah. that's the most logical way to. Yeah. What, have. I,
1: what I've heard is for some reason, uh, Johnny has to seek out Daniel Russo to train his kid, which I'm not sure gels with this synopsis that we got today. But um, if, if there's still a rivalry going on there, but it sounds interesting. Uh, but I, is it interesting as a 30-minute comedy Well, that's
2: the so. thing is, is like, I, I would be kind of interested in seeing a legacy sequel in the form of a movie, you know, a kind of a passing the torch kind of thing, focusing on their kids. But I'm not sure how this works as a 10-episode, half-hour comedy series. And, and it is supposed to be, like, a straight-up comedy in a way because it's coming from Josh Heald, who's uh, the writer of Hot Tub Time Machine and John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg, who are behind the Harold and Kumar uh, franchise. So these are full-fledged comedy writers who also haven't tackled television before doing a half-hour comedy series based around The Karate Kid. So I'm not entirely sure what to expect. I think it has the potential to be cool, but I'm, I'm fairly skeptical at this point.
1: And that This is YouTube Red's first kind of like big foray into original programming. They 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 had a bunch of original programming, but it was mostly like, you know, YouTube personality driven exclusives. And YouTube Red is this uh service that you basically pay monthly for. I actually pay monthly for it, but I don't watch any of the content on it. I'm not sure <laughs> how much it is. I think it's like 10 bucks a month or 7 bucks a month, something like that. And the reason why I subscribe to it is if you subscribe to YouTube Red, you never have to watch an advertisement on YouTube or a YouTube embedded video ever again, and to me, that you know, seven or ten dollars a month, whatever it is, uh, that's worth it <laughs> because I watch a lot of YouTube content. Um, anyways, I'm not sure if YouTube is going to be the next Netflix, but uh, this is a step in that direction. Uh, let's go back to the big and small screen. Uh, Dark Tower. Uh, came out today, or came out la- last Friday, and um, Stephen King was doing some press for it. Some very little press, because there there's not much press going on for this movie. Uh, ben, you read an article on SlashFilm.com about Stephen King's optimistic uh, delusions of a, of a of a Dark Tower sequel. Uh, yeah, I mean. What-
0: Basically, he he knows that um, the first movie has to be a success, a success for there to be a sequel. But uh, he did talk a little bit and say that he understood why the studio went with the PG-13 rating for the first movie to you know get as many people as possible to see the film. But he says here, um, I would love to see the next picture be R, because I think that's sort of where we're coming from now, where the movies need to go. And he cites uh, Deadpool and Logan as reasons why an R-rated sequel might not be financially constricted by the rating. Um and I don't know if this movie is going to be a success. As we're recording this, it has
1: a 16% on
0: Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Uh, yeah, we, we, I, we should say we were recording this on a Friday afternoon, even though this is publishing on Monday. So we, we could yeah. be wrong. This could be a gigantic success, but I, yeah, I do not assume so
0: somehow over the weekend right it could it could somehow turn a corner and make a ton of money but as of right now it's not looking like that i mean the, the only good thing that the film has going for it i think financially speaking is that it only costs like 66 million dollars to make or something like that which Somewhere by in the 60, way 60 million
1: dollar range uh, uh, seeing this movie and i'm not you know i'm not a fan of the dark tower movie but coming out of it i thought it was gonna be like a 100 million dollar movie i went and looked on, you know, I, I searched on Google, $60 million for this movie is a pretty cheap price tag for what they accomplished.
0: Yeah, and that might be its saving grace. I don't know if that's going to be enough to, to you know, get, to get them over that hump to the point where a sequel is financially viable for them. But uh, in addition to that, so, so we're thinking, thinking maybe an R-rated sequel down the line. So in addition to that, the TV series that was planned to sort of fill the gaps between movies uh, is still theoretically moving forward. The Hollywood Reporter said that uh, former Walking Dead showrunner Glenn Mazzara has been hired as the showrunner for the the upcoming prequel TV series, which Idris Elba is supposed to be involved in, uh, Tom Taylor, the kid who plays... Uh, the kid, Jake Chambers, in the movie is also supposed to be involved. And I think um, Dennis Haysbert, who plays uh, Roland Deschain's father in the film, is also supposed to be in the show. But again, this is one of those things that's very dependent on whether or not the film performs well enough at the box office to justify the show's existence. So it's weird that, I mean, this just seems like a case of, like, um, Sony and I think Media Rights Capital is the other company that's that's joining together to produce the TV show. It seems like a optimistic step that they're taking to, like, you know, send out this announcement. Oh, yeah, we hired a showrunner like days before the movie came out and they know that it's not doing very well. Sony knows internally what they have on their hands. They held the critic screenings until the last possible second. So it seems like. They're just trying to will this show into existence. I'm not entirely certain how successful that will be. But, uh, but yeah, that's where we stand right now.
1: I don't know. It's a, it's possible, but it seems like hopeful delusions at this point. Um, yeah. Casting. Let's go to the casting room. Uh, Guy Ritchie's Aladdin has been racking up the, the, the casting. This time they have found someone for J- Jafar and they've cast someone from SNL. Uh t- you wrote the article from Slash for com, Ben. What what do we know?
0: Yes. So a Dutch Tunisian actor named Marwan Kanzari has been or actually technically he's still in negotiations to play Jafar, but it seems like you know it's probably gonna happen. We, we so, should also
1: say, like, I, I want to mention this now because a lot of people ask me, what does it mean to be in talks for negotiations? You can be in negotiations, you know, for months because it's basically like ironing out the the legal documents and the contracts to Mm -hmm. become involved. And you can be involved. So when it's in talks, that really usually means, usually, typically means that the studio and the directors want this person and that person has said yes, but it's a matter of, you know, just figuring out all the legal yeah
0: it's very rare that somebody is uh you know in negotiations and then ends up not being in the movie that that happens you know i don't know a couple a few times a year or something um and stories like this come out every day so it's it's very rare that that happens so uh yeah they've hired marwan kanzari who has appeared in uh, the mummy remake the ben-hur remake and the upcoming remake of murder on the orient express he's had very small roles so far um, but yeah, he's uh, theoretically going to be playing the new Jafar opposites, um, what is his name, Mina, Masoud, and Naomi Scott as Aladdin and Jasmine, respectively. And then, uh, Brad, I'll throw it to you, they hired um, a former SNL star too, do you want to talk about that?
2: Yeah, Nassim Pedrad, who's a former Saturday Night Live cast member, was actually has actually landed a role that didn't exist in the original Aladdin. She'll be playing a character named Mara, who is one of Jasmine's handmaidens and also one of her good friends. Uh, it's kind of a cool addition to the movie because Jasmine didn't really have anybody to play off of in the original animated movie other than when she was you know, falling in love with Aladdin or getting marching orders from her father, the Sultan. Otherwise, she was pretty much just talking to her tiger, Raja. Uh, so now that they, she'll have a character that she can bounce off of and I'm sure that the, um, she's supposed to be comedic relief too so Nassim Pedrad being a ver- very funny former member of Ca- of Saturday Night Live will certainly bring you know some more funny moments to the table so it won't be Will Smith hamming it up as genie the entire time
1: so they're trying to pass the Bechdel test is what you're saying <laughs> um, I
2: think okay. you mean the, be- the Bechdel test what did I say? You said Bechadel or some weird word.
1: Okay. <laughs> Let me re-record. Okay. I'm just leaving it in, guys. I'm, I'm just going to leave it in. <laughs>
2: yes, we did it.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Moving on. Oh, wait,
2: uh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. One thing. I, I'll, I'll add one more thing real quick. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's kind of cool about this is that Nassim Pedrad actually played Jasmine in an SNL sketch while she was on the show. They did um, a parody of the Real Housewives reality shows, and they did the Real Housewives of Disney and they had a bunch of the female characters from Disney movies as if they were in a reality TV show setting and, and she played Jasmine in that. So it's kind of a full circle scenario.
1: And I think if you go to that article on SlashFilm.com, that is embedded in, in the post, I believe. Um, or at least mo- linked. Or linked, yes. Uh, moving on, uh, in other news that was uh, from earlier last week, but Brad, you wanted to talk about it so badly. Tina Fey is joining great news for season two. Why should we be interested? Because I I haven't even really heard of Great News. Maybe I'm like, you know, uh, you call me the comedy curmudgeon all the time. So maybe it's just off my radar.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, you you frequently are just sort of like not in, you know, the fun that the comedy world brings. But no, um, Great News is this show on NBC and it's kind of gone under the radar mostly because it debuted in April of this year and it aired, it only had 10 episodes for its first season and they were aired. Twice a night for only five weeks So it was being promoted and Aired for a very short period of time But the ratings were good, the reviews were good And it already it got a second season order Pretty quickly, and this time The second season is coming this fall In September, and for the second season They're adding Tina Fey into the mix Tina Fey is the executive Producer of the show already Along with Robert Carlock, who Were also the executive producers on 30 Rock, they also executive Produced the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and so bringing Tina Fey into the show is just awesome. She's going to be around for seven episodes. She's um, playing a character who has been described to be akin to Sheryl Sandberg uh, from Facebook. Like, I believe she's the COO of Facebook or something like that. Uh, but her on steroids. And apparently she's the, an author of a book called Boss Bitch. Uh, and she's like this super <laughs> successful woman. And she's admired by the the main character in the show uh, who's played by uh, Briga Helan. And the reason I wanted to bring you this up is just because great news is, is one of the rare network comedies right now that is actually consistently funny and deserves your attention. Network comedy right now, I don't think, is doing a very impressive job of bringing quality comedy to TV lately. A lot of the best stuff is on cable networks like FX or on uh, Netflix and things like that, but... NBC has another 30 Rock-esque show here. That's that's the same sense of humor style. It's a little bit absurd, uh, but you still really like the characters. Um, Nicole Richie is on the show, and surprisingly enough, she is hilarious on this show. She does such a good job with her character. And if you're a 30 Rock fan, if you give the show a shot, I think that you'll like it. It's, it's Right now, it's in that period where it's not quite uh, fantastic yet, but it's it's around the same level that 30 Rock was during its first season, where it was still... Figuring things out and really digging into its characters. So with season two coming up, I'm really hoping they start hitting their stride and hopefully it becomes a show that is, you know, close to what Thirty Rock was back in its heyday.
1: So you're saying it's like first season Parks and Rec? Uh
2: yeah, it's a little more sure of itself and it's not quite as as much of like a, a ripoff of it the preceding shows and the way yeah. that Parks and Rec ripped off the office. But yeah, it's 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 still yeah, it's still finding its footing and it's uh but it's still very entertaining.
1: Also in the news, James Gunn is doing press for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 which is coming out on digital and home video. Uh, speaking to Collider, he he had some some quotes about the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 which he says that is the title unless something changes. Uh, and he basically admitted that they're going to the plan is for them to start filming on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, a quote a little more than a year from now Um, I basically did the math guys and a little more than a year from now puts that in like January February 2019 range which uh, if you look at Guardians 1 or Guardians 2 and you see what the release date was and their filming schedule that basically puts this in summer 2020 Um, so I think uh, he admits that they they do have a release date, but that hasn't been announced. I I believe it's one of the summer 2020 release dates. Um, in my article, I actually go through the entire Marvel movie calendar and actually lay out what movies I think are going to be released on each date, and we 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 can dive into that a little bit more. Uh, in the mailbag, because yeah, let's just move into the mailbag, because in the mailbag, Derek Hall asks okay so i know we're all really far away from marvel's phase four announcement but i was wondering what we might see in it we know about sequels to guardians spider-man etc i was hoping you had some predictions of what new heroes we'll see in phase four maybe marvel does fantastic four the right way if they can strike up a deal with fox like they do with Sony. Thanks, guys. I love the daily podcast. Keep it up. Thank you, Derek. Um, okay, let, let, let's dive into this. So, so what we know so far is we know there's going to be Thor in November, Black Panther in February, then Infinity War in May, and then there's going to be two movies in between the Avengers movies. There's going to be Ant-Man, Captain Marvel, and then Avengers 4, which we don't know the title of yet. I know this is going to be a list of films, guys. Stay with me. <laughs> then, then there's going to be a, a Spider Man homecoming sequel in July 2019. There's going to be probably Guardians of the Galaxy in May 2020. Uh, August, there's some Marvel release date. We don't know what it's going to be. Then there's probably going to be a D- Doctor Strange sequel, I assume. And going on there, we're probably going to get, like, Black Panther sequel, uh, Ant-Man sequel, uh, another Ant-Man sequel, another Captain Marvel sequel, another franchise film, and um, leading up to Avengers 5, which I think is going to be Secret Invasion or Secret Wars. But, okay, let's dive in more on a macro level. What, What do you think we're going to see? You know, Infinity War is going to drastically change the landscape. We know that. What do you think it's going to bring to us for our heroes, new and old and introducing new heroes, Brad?
2: Well, I mean, I think the most obvious choice as far as how the Marvel Cinematic Universe continues after Avengers four is maybe hopefully, I guess, uh, seeing the secret invasion storyline come to the big screen. Especially since, you know, at Comic-Con it was just announced that Captain Marvel is a prequel that takes place in the 90s and it will introduce the scrolls into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, there's already some speculation as to, you know, whether the introduction of the scrolls will mean there will be some kind of big revelation or twist revealed throughout either Avengers Infinity War or Avengers 4 that maybe one or two of the heroes that we've come to love so much as part of the Avengers are actually a scroll. But I, I think it would be much make much more sense if that's something that came later on because Secret Invasion is a pretty big storyline in the Marvel universe. And I feel like giving it only like a, a side story, you know, as a companion to the Infinity Gauntlet storyline would be doing a disservice to it. So if anything I think that switching gears and bringing that into the Marvel Cinematic Universe would be the best way to go after Avengers 4.
1: What do you think Ben? Will will bring <laughs> us into the Phase 4?
2: So I think
0: uh, I'm, I'm taking a two-pronged approach to this. So one prong is um, cosmic-related, and James Gunn has said that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is going to be planting the seeds that will lead to the next decade of Marvel movies. Uh, Kevin Feige, I believe, has said that Phase 4, whatever that may be, is probably not going to look exactly like the previous phases. So I'm wondering if the... The MCU as a whole is going to be split down the middle with like Earth um, earthbound adventures and a whole different series of space set films. So I would say that like the introduction of Nova, like Richard Ryder, that character seems very likely to appear on the cosmic side of things. Um, you know, we've got uh, all sorts of hints of what might be coming at the end of guardians of the galaxy volume two with Adam Warlock and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so, and we've written a lot about that at slash Film, So you yeah, can yeah, check yeah. out the site.
1: And it should be said that, Gar- uh, that James Gunn in this interview with Collider and it's in my article on slash film.com, uh, was also asked if there's any movement on the ravagers movie. Um, and he, or er, their future in the MCU and, uh, Gunn played at coy. He said, there's always been discussion with Ravagers. It would be the Ravagers. It's always a possibility. I would be excited. And, and I think by him saying the Ravagers, I think he's saying, I, I mean, I'm reading into this, but I think he's saying a title of a movie. I think yes. he's saying that, you know, it's not going to be they, them becoming the guardians of the galaxy. So I think one of those <laughs> mystery movies in in the schedule could could be the ravengers with Stallone and miley Cyrus and all the, the you know the, the rest of the the crew uh what what else do you think Ben
0: yeah, so that's the the space side and then on the earth side, I would not be surprised to see. Uh, Marvel Explored the Avengers Academy, which is a, a comic book series that uh, came out in 2010 that is basically about a group of young, super-powered heroes who are selected to become Avengers in training, essentially. So I, I'm guessing that a couple, probably Tony Stark, maybe even Captain America, are going to not make it through Avengers 4 Alive. So that's going to... Uh, theoretically, leave a, a a gap, you know, on uh, in the Avengers team, and I think whatever surviving members are there, presumably, you know, Doctor Strange and Ant-Man, some of the characters who have been brought on a little bit later in the the Marvel timeline, uh, they are going to be looking to fill that gap. So. I would not be surprised if we saw an Avengers Academy movie or like something like the new the new warriors, which is another mm-hmm. younger team of uh, Marvel heroes. I'm not sure because some of these these teams are like uh, a little bit more obscure, at least to me. Um, I'm not sure as far as the rights go, you know, whether Fox's deal has any of these characters within it. But there have been so many characters that have come through the roster, you know, a rotating roster of yeah. these teams over the years that I feel like um, Marvel Studios would be able to, you know, plug and play whatever they need to in there if that's something that they choose to go with.
1: For sure. Well, you're in. Part, what were you let's, gonna say? Not forget,
2: let's not forget though that New Warriors is actually already getting its own adaptation on Freeform. There's going to be that whole TV series oh, that yeah. follows Squirrel Girl and her little team of uh superheroes. Oh yeah, yeah. So, I don't think that that will happen because that show is supposed to exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, One thing I did want to point out. Hashtag
1: it's all connected, but it isn't.
2: (laughs) Right. Uh, One thing I did want to point out, though, is that I noticed that in the potential list of future movies that Peter has proposed, uh, he has excluded the possibility of seeing another Thor movie, another Captain America movie. I I
1: can tell you why. Um, Well, why?
2: No, I know. I mean, I know why, because, like, I mean, we're assuming that we, we know that some of the core Avengers we've been told will this will be like the end of the journey for them, whether it's because they're done being superheroes or because they die or something like that. But the one character that I think that will continue regardless of the fate of who originated the mantle is Captain America. Because Hmm. as we've seen in the comic storylines, both Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes have taken up the mantle as Captain America. So if somehow Steve Rogers is killed in Infinity War, I wouldn't be surprised if the Captain America franchise continues with either Anthony Mackie or Sebastian Stan as Captain America.
1: But do you think it would be called Captain America or do you think it'd be like the Falcon movie?
2: Well, no, because, I mean, fa- both Falcon and Winter Soldier became Captain America. Yeah. Like, that's that's who they were. So I think that, yeah, they'll keep the title, and you just just you just know, like, oh, so they're Captain America now. Well,
1: I mean, I don't have the quotes in front of me, but in the past, Kevin Feige has talked about building trilogies, and he's always wanted to build trilogies and introduce new characters. And that's partly the reason we haven't seen an Iron Man 4, is Iron Man 3 for a long time was going to be the end of the Iron Man franchise. Although, uh Robert Downey Jr. has said that he has... Interest in coming back for another Iron Man movie, so who knows? But um, yeah, so I'm working under the assumption that they're that Marvel's planning these trilogies, and but I want to get back to Fox because Ben brought up Fox, and our mailbag listener brought up Fox, and uh, you know I have mentioned Silas Red, Resnick's uh, insane theory that Avengers four is actually going to call be called Inve- Avengers four because it's going to introduce the fantastic four i don't think that's true (laughs) um but it's an interesting fun theory uh i i think for at least for the x-men i don't think fox has any interest in combining with the mcu i don't think um you know they're not hurting for money in the same way sony was with spider-man the x-men movies are still doing very well surprisingly and um fantastic four is a little bit more of a question like could the Fantastic Four return to the MCU? Maybe. Uh, I'm not sure if Fox really cares to retain that franchise. And if they don't make a movie every so many years, you know, they will they will lose the film rights. Um, well, they are also working.
2: that Doctor Doom movie. So that would be a way for them to hold on to the rights of those characters if they get yes. that off the ground.
1: Um, it, it should be mentioned a lot of people are using, you know, the idea that the Skrulls are going to be in. Captain Marvel as an example of them getting back the rights to the Fantastic Four or whatnot, and that's not true. Feige and Gunn have both come out and said that Marvel and Fox co-own the scrolls. Fox owns some specific characters, so uh, you won't see some specific scroll characters that appeared first in Fantastic Four and, you know, X-Men or whatnot. And let's
2: not uh, forget there's always the possibility of seeing Avengers meet the Jetsons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm still waiting for you know what was that that Patton oswald uh filibuster where it, yeah. it eventually met up with uh star wars and by mm-hmm. the way he had like uh the infinity gauntlet all planned out in that in that that rant which was way <laughs> before they had announced infinity war so maybe he knows something is what i'm saying um <laughs> But I, I, for what I think is coming in the future, is I think, I think I was talking to you, Ben, uh, a couple of days ago, and and you theorized that Ant Man, uh, us seeing uh, the Wasp and the original Wasp, you know, her being trapped in the quantum realm, that mm-hmm. might be something that's unleashed in Infinity War. You know, I think Infinity War is going to end. Uh, it's not going to be the most positive ending in the world. I think this is going to be the Empire Strikes Back of of Marvel movies, and I know they, they've said that already. But, uh, you know, I think Thanos is going to get the Infinity Gauntlet, and he's going to get the stones, and you know, our heroes are going to be split and fractured, not just in you know, not just some alive and dead, but also in different times and dimensions. And I think we're going to, we're going to see some of that coming up with, you know, Ant-Man and the wasp. I think we're going to see some of that with, you know, these cosmic movies and obviously, obviously they're planning a doctor strange sequel. So I'm sure that will come into play in, in that as well. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think we're all in agreement that this is leading up to secret invasion, right? Yeah, it makes sense to me. I mean, I feel like that's the next big, uh, you know, Avengers movie. I'm wondering if they're even going to call it Avengers or if they're going to just eventually, you know, you know, the next one's going to be called Secret Invasion. Like, you know, this one would have been called just Infinity War. But uh, th- does any, do either of you have any other thoughts on the future of the MCU?
0: No, I think you guys covered it.
1: Okay, then. Uh, you can go to SlashFilm.com, read my entire article, which... It has a list of movies, a calendar of movies, and kind of plant, plots out the dates. I, I basically did the math and the, it, it added it to the calendar and tried to figure out, you know, what should be where according to historical, uh, you know, uh, release dates. So, yeah, check that out at Uh Brad, we know you have a podcast called Go Flicks Yourself, which you can find on iTunes. Where can we find you on on Twitter
2: at ethan underscore anderton
1: and you can find me on twitter at at slash film ben where can we find you on twitter you can find me at ben pears and as always we appreciate you for listening please go to itunes give us a rating give us a review that helps us out quite a bit if you want to send a letter into the mailbag for us to answer please send it to peter at slash film.com peter at slash film.com and leave your name and general geographic location so that we can mention it on the air and we will see you tomorrow baseball fans bet mgm is giving you the chance to win a prize
2: every day during the baseball season step into the batter's box for bet mgm swing for the fences free to play game pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing if you get a single